uniting thousands to worship one. This is United Breaks Out. Welcome to the new Wine FM United Breaks Out podcast. I'm Candy Evans and I'm glad you could join us. Across the next few days, we'll be bringing you some of the bits that we usually be bringing you on new Wine FM. In these morning podcasts, we'll be speaking to the charities and organisations that are involved with new wine this year. In the evening shows, we'll be looking at the main sessions and seeing what's happening around the event. First, yesterday we spoke to Paul Harcourt about United Breaks Out, the circumstances behind the cancellation of the main summer event, and the challenges and vision of what we're doing instead. He also spoke a bit about what you might be able to expect at United Breaks Out. Obviously this year, everything's been thrown into confusion by the pandemic. And it's hard now to think back, but when we were making our really most important decisions, it was still very early and none of us knew how long this was going to last. So at first we were thinking, how late can we go before we finally make the decision? So we were having to make these decisions uh, late in March and early April um, so that people knew in good time and so that we weren't tied into contracts that we wouldn't be able to uh, survive. So it was quite early, but there was a real sense of peace. We felt as we prayed about it that we came very quickly to a decision um, which we were able then to communicate out to the New Wine family. So at least there was some clarity. Uh, the thing that probably made the difference was that we realised that even if we were allowed to meet, it would put so much pressure on the health service and on our medical team volunteers that we just felt it wasn't appropriate for us to do that. And of course, we're really glad that we'd made that decision because it's turned out to be impossible. So we're glad that we were able to make the decision early and offer refunds to help people through what's been a really challenging time. After we'd taken the really difficult decision to cancel the United Gatherings for the first time in over 30 years, uh, at first we were thinking that what we should do is just continue to support the network and help local churches. But it really became clear to us that this is a significant moment in the history of the nation. And um, we got this gathering sense that we should do something to speak into the moment on behalf of the churches. And we began to get this real sense of vision from the Lord that the church shouldn't um, hide away. But this was a time for us to press into the Lord more than ever so that when we start to come out of lockdown, we would come out boldly and confidently. We would be prayed up and fired up and ready really to engage with the needs of a, a nation that we, we knew even then would be hurting. And we're really glad that we did that because now we've been able, I think, to seize this moment through the United Breaks Out conference. It wasn't what we originally thought we would be doing, but it became clear fairly quickly that that's where we should put our energies for the first part of this season. And so there's no doubt in my mind that um, partly what the Lord has been doing during this season is challenging us. I think he's been um, calling us back to himself. I think he's been um, giving us opportunity maybe to reset some rhythms. So a lot of people I know have been pressing in more deeply into prayer, getting um, personal spiritual disciplines sorted out in their own lives. And um, we believe that in United Breaks Out, we want to encourage that and help people press into that further because this is an opportunity for us to, um, to get away from busyness and come back to fruitfulness, uh, to realize that we're, we're not um, only going to gather in a way that so often can tip over into a consumer approach to Christianity. And so what we see really is an opportunity for us each individually to discover a fresh 
personal relationship with the Lord, um, a sense of authority as disciples that, that we carry individually. As far as we can manage, United Breaks Out is trying to take all the things that we enjoy so much about the United Summer Gatherings and take it into an online context. So there's uh, times of worship, there are times of teaching, there are seminars in nine different streams, things that we think that the Lord is really speaking to us about at the moment. But we also want to make sure that we've got all of those other things that make United Gatherings so special. So we've got some after-hours programs. We've encouraged people to build community in their local churches. Um, we've just got a sense of fun running through the whole, whole event. And um, just incredible uh, youth and children's ministry that we're known for, as well as all of the accessible stuff as well, so that we can be the whole body of Christ for, for those who have maybe some additional needs about how they engage. So I'm really excited about the program. I think it's fresh. Everything we've done is new for this. We're not playing old episodes or re, you know, reprising old talks. Uh, it's all fresh. It's all for the moment. And um, we couldn't be more excited because we think this is something God's going to use really powerfully. It's been an amazing experience pulling together a conference like this for the first time. Uh, we've no experience of having done anything like this before. We had something like six to eight weeks to go out and get this all done. And it was really important to us that we made everything accessible to as many people as possible. So we wanted to get BSL interpretation on absolutely every part of the program. And that meant we were going to speakers and saying, we'd love you to be a speaker for a seminar or for a celebration. And we were giving them a week or two weeks um, to get their talk filmed and back to us so that we could do everything else in production to make it appropriate and usable for people. The fantastic thing is there's so much goodwill towards New Wine out there that we, we were able to just quickly get everybody on board. And also, because we weren't having to deal with people traveling, we, we were able to get almost our, our wish list of all the people that we most wanted to speak. Um, and it wasn't a case of seeing whether their dates would work or having to fly them over and things like that we were just basically able to say to people if you can find some time in the next couple of weeks we want you to speak into this event and so it's a fantastic lineup of people that we really feel have got an important message for us at this time whenever we put together a conference we don't tell people what to speak on we give them a sense of what we've been hearing prophetically and what we think uh, the needs of the nation are at that time and then we wait to see what, what the Spirit puts on their hearts. And so I'm just so excited to see it all come together because so many people have really taken the opportunity of um, reflecting on, on this moment in really helpful and constructive ways. And so we've got all the things that people are used to at the United Gatherings. So we have our morning Bible teaching stream and we've got Pete, Pete Hughes um, talking about awakenings and Jill Duff in the Impact Channel uh, talking through the book of Nehemiah. Um, and then all of our celebrations, it's, it's amazing how it's all come together. And it kind of reinforces this central piece that God is not done with his church, that actually this is a, a challenging moment, um, but the church has a message of hope and healing. And this is an opportunity for the church to rise up and we will see the kingdom of God advance. I think every speaker who's spoken in, in any of our seminars or celebrations has really caught something of the Holy Spirit in that way. I think in the last few decades, really, we've seen uh, in the nation the voice of the church 
being pushed to the fringes, and we've often colluded with that. And so um, the church is, is seen as being a personal private thing, and secularism and atheism have um, almost refused a place for the church's voice nationally. That's all changed. So the, the bankruptcy of, of the new atheism is evident now. People realize that there aren't answers there and they're looking for spiritual answers. But also, as we go through a period of um, adversity and austerity, the government is looking to the church because we, we are one of the major deliverers, if not the major deliverer, of hope and healing and help to people in practical ways. And some of the doors that are opening as churches move in and start meeting the needs in their communities, I think is going to open doors as well for the gospel. We've been learning uh, so much during this season, and I think it will be part of the way that New Wine operates as we go, for, go ahead. Um, certainly within the network, as we keep churches and leaders together through the years. But it is our hope that we'll be able to get back to physical gathering next summer. And we've got some really exciting plans for 2021. But even if we couldn't pull them off, we know how to do United Breaks Out now. So there'll always be a way for us to be new wine and to be united, whether we're physically gathering or coming together over the internet. Uniting thousands to worship one. This is New Wine. That was New Wine's national leader, Paul Harcourt. The next voice you'll hear is Esther Swaffield Bray, who works with International Justice Mission. She told us why we still need to free people from slavery perhaps more than ever, and she brought us Joy's story, a young woman freed from online exploitation two years ago. Well, hi there. Uh, So my name is Esther Swaffield-Bray, and I am the England Director for International Justice Mission, or IJM for short. And IJM are the largest anti-slavery organisation in the world. Um, We work all around the world taking on direct casework of cases of modern slavery, of human trafficking, of violent oppression. And over the last 10 years or so, we've seen over 55,000 people released from oppression. Uh, But more than that, we are seeing nations begin to change as local churches and local governments rise up and play their part in seeing one slavery ended in our lifetime. It's a really exciting story. And uh, we're really seeing God at work around the world. Tell me a little bit about uh, how IJM um, came to be developed and um, who was the vision behind that? So IJM's vision is to see slavery and violent oppression ended for good, ended in our lifetime, because we know that the world that God wants us to live in is one where all are free. And IJM was set up uh, some 20 so years ago by Gary Haugen, who is obviously taking part in United Breaks Out, uh, giving a powerful message, encouraging us as the local church to to love our global neighbour, encouraging us to be the sort of people that God calls us to be in times of challenge. And he founded IJM after um, time spent in Rwanda working for the UN as the UN's chief investigator into the Rwandan genocide. And as Gary was investigating what happened in this crazy crisis of humanity, he basically identified that although amazing gains had been made in Rwanda in terms of healthcare and education and sanitation, actually, when faced with a man with a machete, still thousands and thousands of people died. So he founded IJM to address that to actually address what is needed to restrain the man with the machete, 
What is needed to mean that all people can live in safety? What is needed to mean that whether you are rich or poor, you can live a life where you can thrive. And that's really what IJM do, is we work to make sure that people living around the world are safe, so they aren't in danger of being trafficked, they aren't in danger of being violently abused. And, um, and really to, to work um, around the world um, to build a future where all are free, where all are safe, um, no matter who you are, no matter what your postcode is. And practically, to undertake all that that work, what does IJM do? So IJM works all around the world in partnership with local government and local police forces. So we will take on direct casework and work to rescue uh, children and families from cases of slavery and of violent oppression. Uh, so, for example, just a few days ago, our, our teams in the Philippines were working with the local police uh, to rescue four children um, from a case of online exploitation. Actually, these children um, were aged between two and eight years old, um, but we have worked to rescue them. They are now safe. Um, and then from there, we work to restore those victims. So um, really led by trauma-informed care, um, IGEM have pioneered this sort, sort of aftercare around the world uh, to ensure that, that these people can be loved back to life and can, can thrive um, in, in their settings. Um, but then um, where IGM is perhaps a little different from many other organisations is not only do we work on the kind of individuals, the communities, the family basis, but we work on the macro scale as well. So working with governments to identify where are the gaps in the system? You know, why are people uh, vulnerable in the first place? You know, where perhaps is the legislation a little bit weak that needs bolstering? And actually by working with governments and police to hold criminals to account, uh, to actually prosecute slave owners, to address the gaps in the system, what we're seeing is that it is possible to actually change the story, to actually stop people being trafficked in the first place, to, to actually end slavery before it happens. And in some of the countries where we've worked, we've actually seen slavery decrease by up to 86% um, by, by addressing both ends of the problem, the, the macro, the in, uh, sorry, the micro, the kind of individual level and the macro, the government, the systemic level. And um, when you see rates of slavery uh, dropping by 86 percent, you know, that is miraculous transformation. You know, that doesn't really happen in the world of international development. So it's a potent combination when you partner with God and you work in this big, um, big way, uh, working to invest in the systems, it is possible to see transformation on national scale. Great. Now, an amount of what you've described there obviously relies on um, close contact between humans working in teams. But obviously, mm. the current um, pandemic has placed a severe amount of restrictions on that. How, as an organisation, have you adapted to working in different ways to still be able to be effective, but to um, make sure that obviously your teams and those that you're seeking to um, to release um, are kept safe? Well, the COVID crisis has been undoubtedly 
challenging. And what we've actually seen um, is that those um, who are vulnerable to cases of modern slavery or violent oppression have become more vulnerable. And whether that is due to increased rates of poverty or unemployment or um, insecure immigration status, we are seeing that vulnerability to the sorts of crimes um, that iGEM are tackling has increased. And one particular um, distressing increase that we've seen is a sharp spike in cases of the online exploitation of children. So that's where children in a country such as the Philippines um, are abused by the uh, by uh, Western predators, uh, such as countries in the UK, um, over the internet. And, and what we've seen over lockdown is pretty much that the perfect storm has been created um, because predators in our country um, and countries like ours around the world are spending much more time online while they're locked down at home. And um, law enforcement have reported a huge spike um, in cases, you know, sites have even been crashing, such is the demand. Um, but the good news is our teams have been carrying on working with, with local police, um, doing rescues in full um, PPE, um, and have rescued over 60 children in just the last few weeks um, of lockdown alone. Um, so God is still on the move. But to be honest, if this work wasn't urgent before, it is as urgent as it's ever been. You know, we're in the sad situation where there are over 40 million people in slavery today. And whilst we've been dealing with the pandemic of COVID-19, um, undoubtedly there's another pandemic waiting in the wings of slavery unless we take urgent action now uh, to tackle it. And um, I think there's a really valuable opportunity um, in this current cultural moment to actually decide what is the sort of world that we want to build coming out of lockdown. You know, unless action is taken now, then rates of slavery will rise even as COVID rates begin to fall. And so we've really got an opportunity, think, now as, as the people of God to choose what sort of future are we going to build? Is it going to be one of justice and freedom um, and one of hope um, where we love our neighbour around the world, wherever they live? And I think that's a really important thing to keep in mind as we come out of lockdown. Now, IGM had a presence at New Wine United, um, I guess, over a fair few years now, but um, United Breaks Out is a slightly different vision, shall we say, and obviously as a result of a very specific leading that the leadership team had about um, putting something on at this time, particularly to address the church um, where we are currently with the country. How does some of that vision for United Breaks Out align with, with IJM and um, made you want to um, get involved um, in this uh, in the way that you are with Gary preaching and I, I guess also being in the, the virtual exhibition area that there will be online? Well, we're absolutely thrilled as IJM to be part of United Breaks Out. Um, as lots of you will know, there's a long history between IJM and New Wine. And um, the same vision that, that drives IJM um, is similar to, to the vision of, of New Wine. Um, to see local churches changing nations, to see the church breaking out of the four walls of the church building and, and seeing the Holy Spirit on the move um, around the world. And that's the same vision that drives IJM. And... Um, we're thrilled to be partnering with New Wine um, this coming year as its key charity partner. Um, but around the world, we're seeing the local church 
kind of step up and, and play an amazing role in the fight to end slavery, whether that is through churches in the Philippines providing aftercare to kids rescued from exploitation, to uh, churches uh, in the Dominican Republic, you know, rescuing uh, teenagers, being part of the story of rescuing teenagers from trafficking. You know, whether it is the people of God in South Asia um, helping the local police to care for thousands of survivors from bonded labour, we are seeing the local church around the world step up to to show the love of God um, to those um, caught in cases of exploitation, those coming out of oppression. And I think it's just such an amazing opportunity to to really encourage the church that, you know what, God calls us to be a people of justice. You know, God has always been looking to set the captive free and he invites us as his church to be those who step up and say, let my people go. And um, our prayer really for United Breaks Out is that we will see hearts set on fire for this justice call. We will see uh, young people and adults alike you know, getting a hold of God's heart for justice. And then as IJM, helping each of us take our next step as we answer God's call. So is there um, anything else other than Gary preaching that IJM will be doing across this weekend if United breaks out? So this weekend, uh, Gary's speaking about our call to to be the the light of the world in challenging circumstances. And uh, you've got an opportunity to respond, uh, to sign up, to get involved, both as an individual, um, as a freedom partner, but also as a local church, as uh, the growing movement of local churches around the world seeking justice. Um, you can be part of that movement too. And if you head to ijmuk.org forward slash newwine, uh, you'll see there are lots of different ways that you can get involved. Uh, that's ijmuk.org forward slash newwine to sign up as an individual, but also to sign up as a church community to go on this journey of justice, uh, to seek freedom for the captives and be part of the growing movement ending slavery in our lifetime. You know, I'm sure there are a thousand stories of people that IJM has um, rescued from abusive and restrictive circumstances. Um, just give us a flavour of one of those, if you would. There's one story in particular that really stands out to me, and that is the story of a young woman called Joy, who actually some of you will uh, have met a couple of years ago when she came to share at United. And um, Joy's story particularly stood out to me um, because she, uh, when I met her, was just the most bright, bubbly, hilarious young woman. And uh, Joy grew up in the Philippines and she was a victim of online sexual exploitation from being a young teenager until the age of about 18. She was abused by a family friend over the internet. And um, actually when IJM found her, she had been victim to this sort of online exploitation for seven years. I mean, can you imagine that? Seven years, the entirety of her teenage years, she'd been held a slave in this way. What is amazing about Joy is uh, she has rebuilt her life with the help of IJM and local church partners. And um, just a few weeks ago, we actually received the most beautiful letter from her where she described how the last few years she's been studying 
how she's just graduated from college uh, to become a social worker and about how she's now using her experience to actually help other young women. And um, it's just such an example for me of what God wants to do all around the world. You know, she is one individual, but that is a story that God wants to bring. He is in the business of making all things new. And her story for me is such an encouragement that there is no situation that is too dark. There is no one that is too far gone uh, that the love and the restoration of the Holy Spirit can't reach down um, and bring transformation and healing. What could people listening to this uh, pray for and about for IJM? As IJM, we absolutely cover your prayer. Um, as many of you will know, IJM is built on prayer. Um, every single member of staff around the world is contracted to pray an hour a day. So we only know um, that this work is possible through prayer. So um, we would really value um, your prayers that the, the message that Gary brings would be a real encouragement to the church, that issues of slavery and human trafficking would be brought into the light. You know, they are crimes that thrive in the dark. So please join us in praying that a giant spotlight would be shone on this issue and that we would see uh, the hope um, and the call to freedom and justice just spread like wildfire um, from the, the New Wine family. Um, and also we'd really, really value your prayers um, just over the coming weeks and months as our teams um, set about continuing our job to rescue and restore individuals um, that we would see just justice roll like a river. Um, we've already seen um, just the most amazing move of God, even through uh, the lockdown period. Um, we had a rescue a few weeks ago, which saw um, just over 7,000 individuals released from bonded labour. Um, and we would just really, really value your prayers for rescues like that, um, that we would see justice roll like a river on giant scales. Um, and that we would see, um, yeah, just freedom, freedom come, um, even in these challenging circumstances. Um, so, yeah, please do pray that, that a light would be shone on this issue, um, that hearts would be moved, that generosity would come. But also um, that we would see just an amazing um, outpouring of rescue in this challenging season. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for IJM and Esther's dedication to bring your freedom to those who so badly need it. Shine your light into the dark places of exploitation and fear. Expose those who are seeking to harm others through trafficking and slavery. May your healing and forgiveness spread uncontrollably across our country and others to bring peace to the people who suffered and justice for them. We ask this in your name. Amen. And don't forget to sign yourself up or your church at ijmuk.org forward slash new wine. This is United Breaks Out on New Wine FM. New Wine makes the bold claim of being local churches changing nations. And to make this year's event truly local, we've got an army of community makers across the country encouraging their communities to get involved. If you're a community maker, or you just want to tell us a story, we'd really love to hear from you. We'd normally be going around site with microphones asking you questions, but this year we're relying on you to come to us. You can call our message line on 0300 302 3203 and leave a message, or you could get yourself on the next New Wine FM Breaks Out podcast. Uniting thousands to worship one. 
This is New Wine. Martin Thomas is the Director of Engagement with Sat7 UK. He spoke to us about the Ministry of Sat7, how God has worked through the challenges of COVID-19, and also about the event they are running at United Breaks Out on Saturday. Hi, my name is Martin Thomas and I'm Director of Engagement with Sat7 UK, which means I coordinate our communications, our fundraising and our partnerships with our supporters and churches and networks across the UK. Some of you know Sat7 very well, but others won't be so familiar with what we do. Sat7 is a unique Christian satellite and digital media network. We've been broadcasting across the Middle East and North Africa for 24 years now and actually have a regular viewership of over 25 million. Um, We have a diverse range of faith-filled programs that we believe brings life-changing moments of joy to our viewers in, in context of daily hardships and restrictions, as well as major crises, including war and persecution. And and now, of course, the latest crisis to hit the region has been COVID-19. And we're well used to working uh, in challenging contexts where believers are unable to worship freely, isolated, uh, perhaps without fellowship or even living uh, in danger. And while for most uh, Christians in the West, these are totally new experiences, actually, for many believers in the Middle East and North Africa region, the, the virus has just uh, intensified trials that they already know only too well. And so as maybe you can imagine now, our programs have been a real source of, of comfort and, and strength. But I think the last few months for many people um, have almost been, been life-changing. Uh, for me personally, back in March, I can remember speaking uh, at church services about Sat7 and how we bring joy to millions of people Uh, but also sharing about what it might mean to go into lockdown. And what I didn't realise then, that even though I have asthma and a bit of an immunity condition, was that I would be one of the people to get a text from the NHS identifying me as vulnerable and asking to personally isolate and shield for for maybe three months and, and not to go outside the home at all. And to be honest, it did take a while to sink in. Uh, but we've all had to adapt personally um, and as an organisation and our supporters. And uh, many of our supporters have said during this time that they they do understand a little bit more of what it might feel like to be a Christian uh, in the Middle East at this time. Um, all of the staff of UK have mainly during this time been working from home, but all our presenters as well have, have often been presenting from home um, when sometimes our studios haven't been able to be to be open. So it's affected everyone from uh, the staff in the UK, across our studios, across the region, and also our supporters. There has been a little bit of a wake-up call. Um, in one sense, I don't think we can maybe ever fully comprehend the, the desperately challenging situation for some Christians across the region. And I wouldn't want to pretend otherwise, but I do think that there are uh, perhaps a couple of points that the New Wine listeners could reflect on uh, today uh, over this particular uh, breakout weekend um, and beyond that time. And that's how maybe we as Christians in the UK learned to live out our faith in isolation, in in lockdown during this time. Uh, And maybe what lessons can we, we actually learn from others around the world who have perhaps faced these situations uh, for years. Um, perhaps we've discovered how dependent we are on some of the simple things 
that have actually been taken away from us during this time, um, the things that we really do take for granted. And I wonder, um, what does this say? What has this been saying to us about our, our faith and actually the resilience of our discipleship? Has it, uh, have we given into fear sometimes or have we been strengthened in our faith uh, as a result? And the testimonies I hear and as I read from Sat7's viewers almost on a daily basis, I think that they actually give us uh, amazing clues. Uh, for example, an Iranian viewer recently said to us, you are feeding us the best and if it were not for you, perhaps our faith might have been uh, extinguished. Um, it really excites me that, that Christians uh, right across the Middle East, North Africa region have been finding joy through the programs that we've been able to, to carry on uh, producing for them. Um, even in the midst of, of context um, of despair. And I, I really do believe that we as Christians in the UK uh, can have a lot that we can learn from them at this time. Well, Sat7's focus is always on producing a whole range of, of high-quality uh, programmes, live and recorded, that are made by uh, Christian media professionals right across uh, the region. Um, and we've, during this time, uh, we've been sharing with our supporters um, what we're doing uh, to change the programs to make them appropriate to the context that uh, Iranians and Turkish and Arabic uh, believers have been uh, living in at this time. Uh, many of our presenters have, as I said earlier, been broadcasting live from home. Um, and in the UK, we've also been focused in particular on supporting our viewers uh, in Iran at this time. We actually have um, one of our small studios in London uh, that makes programs for Iran. And I just want to maybe ask our New Wine listeners at this time, try and put yourself in the shoes of a Christian from Iran. You can't go to church at all because of the threat of persecution. You may not even know any other Christians. And then the coronavirus uh, comes along too and increases your isolation uh, even more. But because of, of TV and, and digital media, Sat7 is able to shine uh, the light of Christ into the darkness uh, of loneliness and despair in Iran. Uh, despite the virus, we have been able to continue to broadcast powerful faith-filled TV right into the heart of people's homes across the country. And as we know, the homes are the, often the safest places for people to be. Um, in preparation for our, our chat today, I just uh, pulled out two short testimonies that I'd love to share with you. Sohab, a Sat7 viewer from Iran, told us, unfortunately, this coronavirus is so pervasive that the whole world has gone into quarantine. May it be that we will not abandon and put into quarantine the preaching of the amazing grace of the God of love. And Yasmin, another Iranian believer, said this to us. Every time I feel weak and lonely, I call you. And every time you pray for me, I am strengthened. You are the only joy that I have right now. Thank you for helping those of us who do not have access to any church or other believers. Uh, your listeners might remember that at last year's New Wine, uh, which was an amazing gathering, uh, we launched our Choose Joy campaign and invited people to come into our pop-up studio to help us make a series of special videos telling the stories of Middle Eastern Christians who are finding joy in the midst of hardship 
and suffering. And, and we're so grateful for the impact that we've been able to have in the UK about sharing those stories of joy um, through the participants of New Wine last year. And so we wanted to come back this year and share even more stories of Christians from the region and actually how joy is breaking out, um, linking to the, to the New Wine theme for this year, breaking out even in the midst of so much pain and suffering. Connecting people uh, with the Christians of the region is a, a real way for, to help us understand the issues, but also to get more and more inspired about how we can pray and support them. As part of our live event for United Breaks Out, we're going to be hosting on Saturday the 1st of August a special Zoom at noon news and prayer live from the Middle East. So we will be having headlines and stories, engaging with the issues across the Middle East at this time, um, not just connected to COVID, but obviously the other issues that are carrying on. We have a panel of live guests that are made up of people from, from Turkey, from Egypt, from Lebanon and other areas across the Middle East. And we'll also be welcoming our international chief executive, uh, Rita Elmanir, who will be there to, to bring an inspiring vision and stories about where Sat7 um, is bringing impact into the lives uh, across the region. So we really do look forward uh, to you joining us on the 1st of August at noon. One of the, the joys of working for Sat7 is that we get hundreds of our viewers uh, ringing and texting and emailing um, and on digital media um, questions and thoughts, but also prayers. And so here's a few prayers from some of Sat7 viewers. Pevan from Iran says this, Thank you for being there and for making the world a better place with your presence. My moments in quarantine are filled with peace through your hope-giving programs. Nadine from Egypt says, I'm a nurse working in an international hospital and I want to say thank you for praying for healthcare workers that God will protect them from COVID-19. It touches my heart so much. And Nadim from Algeria said this, During the quarantine, I spent most of my time watching the My School programme, following the French and English language lessons. I thank all those who make these programmes. We benefit from them a lot. We really do value uh, people's prayers, um, particularly at this time. Um, I think I have uh, three, three areas that we would really appreciate prayer. So, so firstly, for Christians in the Middle East and North Africa, as they live uh, with the ongoing coronavirus outbreak and the restrictions placed on them, that they would find peace and comfort, uh, particularly through Sat7's programmes at this time. Our second prayer request would be this, uh, for the Sat7 teams across the world, as they continue to make God's love visible to the people of the Middle East and North Africa at this really difficult time, that their work will bring joy in the midst of fear and uncertainty. Uh, and lastly, if you could pray for the Sat7 staff in the UK, as they work apart and connect via phone and the internet, uh, that they would be sustained and strengthened day by day and serve our supporters and donors and, and partners across the UK as effectively as we can. Shall we pray for Martin and Sat7? Lord, we praise you for the peace and hope Sat7 provides for so many people in the Middle East and North Africa. Thank you for their expertise in so many areas and the ability to reach those who are out of touch with others, especially during the coronavirus outbreak. 
May their work bring joy, peace and comfort to those who hear. Bless the teams across the world who are making God known, and we particularly remember those in the UK working from home in new ways. Strengthen and encourage them. In your name we pray. Amen. And don't forget the Zoom at Noon News and Prayer Live from the Middle East event at midday on Saturday. You'll find out more online at new-wine.org forward slash breaks out. Uniting thousands to worship one. This is United Breaks Out. Our podcast this evening will be back looking at the main sessions that have happened today at United Breaks Out including this morning's with Pete Hughes and Jill Duff and Ben Lindsay and Gary Horn this evening. Thank you for listening and we'll be back later. You've been listening to a podcast from New Wine FM. For more information, visit new-wine.org forward slash breaks out.